Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. So welcome, Jen. We have Jen Viternin with us today. She is a coach, life coach, and creator of the Self Method. And going to teach us and talk to us today about reclaiming who the hell you are. So welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, we're excited to talk about this. So share with us a little bit about how you got here teaching us how to reclaim who the hell we are. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, I'm almost 53, so it's a log and wine detail, but I'll, I'll distill it down to the important bits. Um, I like to think of pre-2015 Jen and post-2015 Jen. Pre-2015 Jen was very bitter, resentful, and grateful. And for all intents and purposes, I look like I had it all. And I just, I was so miserable inside. And it, it really comes from, um, stuff that happened in, in childhood, not having a very nurturing mom, having a very severely mentally ill father who also happened to be abusive and just all the ways I had, you know, kind of put up the masks and facades and the walls to protect a pretty tender heart. But from the outside, you would have seen this very confident, kind of hard-hearted person. And it just wasn't who I was. So there was a disconnect, but I didn't know how to get over it. In 2015, um, I thought the last thing that I had tried to quote unquote, fix my life was to leave my husband. Now, keep in mind, my husband was the one person who had always supported me, who had always had my back. Um, so it just tells you the headspace I was in, that I thought leaving him would fix fix my myself and my life. And at the 11th hour, um, I was laying in bed at, at night. We had just told our, our 10-year-old daughter, and my heart started talking louder than my ego, ego and said, Jen, you actually don't want this. You're making a huge mistake. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so what came next was, was sharing that very vulnerable, tender piece of me with him that said, I'm making a mistake. Will you take me back? Can we work on this? And as a result, um, I love the phrase, wherever you go, there you are, because I had to confront myself. And that's why I I had to create a relationship with myself, one that was loving and kind and compassionate, all those things, which was opposite of what I knew up to that point in time. And that's why I really love the word self and why I created the self method. Um, it's such a empowering word to me. And creating that relationship with myself of love and liking myself has been, it's like, what isn't possible when you both love and like yourself? I love that. And that's so powerful. And it's true. And I like that you address the word like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many times have we been in our own lives and we just don't like ourselves? Right. Yeah. And it's not like every day I'm like, oh, I like myself. I'm like, no, even, even today I, I did something kind of not kind to my husband. I snapped at him over something that he didn't deserve to be snapped over. So it's not, I didn't like myself in that moment, but overall in my day to day, I do really love and like myself. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So I pulled your card. Yeah. So your card is what's the hidden gift of our biggest conflict. This is perfect for you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think of the silver linings. I am stupidly, stupidly, annoyingly good at finding the super there are the silver linings and you know I have to be careful that it doesn't go into gaslighting territory or toxic positivity territory but I'm I'm very pragmatic in that I'm I'm like this thing happened what am I going to take from it like 
that thing be damned, what am I going to take from it to make myself a better person, to feel better about how I show up in the world, how I share my gifts, et cetera? Yeah, I like that. I like that you address the toxic positivity as yeah. well. And what came to me with that is we do have to find the silver lining in everything. That's what keeps our life moving forward and positive yeah. and finding how we can grow from everything and taking our own exactly. responsibility. And I, I, I'll ask the question versus telling my opinion, but what is your perspective on that mindset of let's not create this toxic positivity, but let's still, you know, look at this from this positive place. So how do you do that? Ooh, that's a great, you know, I used to think that everything had a silver lining and I wasn't taking into account really, really awful experiences that can happen to people. I'm pretty privileged that, you know, I've had my own experiences. I've had my own hardships, but it's still from the place of a privileged white middle-aged woman with disposable income. Right. Um, and so that's how I navigate the toxic positivity and gaslighting is is telling myself not everything needs to have a silver lining. Some things are just that thing. Ha it was really, really awful. And there's nothing that we need to learn from it. Um, for example, not to go down it too far, but the loss of a child, for example, there's literally no silver, silver lining in that experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Just a human experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah literally no silver lining when it comes to lots of human life. Those other situations where we have a lesson to learn, mm -hmm. what's your perspective on let's find the silver lining. Let's not create this toxic positivity. I, the other day, I'm going to bring this part of it up. The other day I was sure. talking <clears throat> posted on my Facebook, um, the concept of keeping people in a trauma cycle almost like trauma bonding with mm -hmm. your killers and your coaches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this because I have people come to me saying, I've worked with this coach for four years. I feel like I can't do things without her. I want to be without her, but she gets angry at me. So I've had a few of these situations. And so I addressed it with some of these concepts. Mm -hmm. Like we need to be empowering people, which means we don't want to create trauma bonds. We don't want to keep telling people, oh, it's trauma. It's your trauma. Oh, you created this. You attracted this. I think that that mindset is causing mm -hmm. harm. Absolutely. Now, there is a, a discernment between, okay, I'm in this situation. I obviously chose the situation, maybe unconsciously or consciously. Maybe I did choose it from trauma or patterns, but maybe I didn't. Maybe it just happened. Maybe I thought I had changed my patterns and I mm -hmm. entered the situation and then I get into it and there's toxicity. Yeah. So did I attract it? Did I, I think that if we're telling women that they're attracting these toxic situations, that that is toxic behavior. That's a toxic. 100%. I understand the woo, that vibrational alignment and all of those things. I do. I get it. Mm hmm but I also get that you're a human being and that if you are telling people that they're attracting it, there's the inability to sit with those feelings and emotions of this happened to me. I am a victim. If I got into a situation with positivity and I thought this person was somebody else, 
and these bad things are happening and it's having this effect on me, there is a moment where you're a victim. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's telling me or the person that's going through it, well, you attracted it. You attracted it. You are doing harm. Yeah. Absolutely. Out of the trauma, then you can look at, okay, is this a pattern in my life that I have attracted over and over? And I still feel like it's not attract, like I'm not attracting it. Like I have no power Mm -hmm. over it. Maybe I don't have the skills to recognize these red flags or recognize that something better is available for me. And Mm -hmm. so I chose it from lack of tools. But what's your perspective on this? And I know we kind of went a weird direction with all this, but I know that's okay. I think this is wonderful. Um, What it makes me think of is, is, is that we, we need to feel safe in our nervous system, right? Um, We, if we've gone through traumas, big T traumas, little T traumas, we don't, our, our nervous system doesn't feel safe, right? And for us to move through the trauma, we need to find ways to feel safe inside. So I absolutely agree. I think it, it, and I've seen it in, in Facebook groups where people say, talk about attracting the trauma and I, or, you know, attracting what, and I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Um, I, I only can think that it's doing harm in really awful, horrible ways. And human beings, we're already awful and horrible to each other in so many ways. Um, why, why would we do that to another person? I just don't understand. Yeah, I agree. So let's, since we agree, and I think there's a lot of ways that we can address those traumas and address the patterns and the behaviors, but also educate and give tools and inspire without re-traumatizing or causing that harm. And I love your self-love method concept. So let's talk about that. because I think that's one of those empowering tools that we can have. Absolutely. So the the first, the S is start with desire. I love starting a place on no matter what my, no matter what has transpired in my life, no matter how I feel inside, no matter the support I have, let's start with painting a very vivid picture, a very specific picture of what you desire from your life right? Because that gives us things that gives us tangible things to actually work on. What I love to do is go to your 80 year old self. You know, um, I'm, I'm almost 53 and I'm like, oh, you know, at 60, I'll still be working Oh, at 70. I don't know. I'll be playing with grandchildrens, but there's something about an 80 year old self. It, It seems so far away. And it's like, you're, you're in your twilight years. You're, you know, winding down your life. And I love thinking about what is going to make her so delighted and joyful and feel alive and still wanting to learn, right? That's to me where I start with that desire and then work backwards. Um, The E is all about evaluating the clues. So when we start with desire and create this very vivid picture, what are the clues that we can bring into the here and now, right? And then the L is liberating yourself through action. So nothing, if we don't take action, all we're doing is thinking, and you can't think your way to the other side. You you literally can't, you have to be taking intentional informed action. So liberating yourself through action. So taking the desire and the clues from the desire, and then starting to take action in the here and now. So both, you know, future 80 year old you and current you 
um, you know, it's a win-win for both of you. And then the F is falling in love with yourself and your life as a result of doing the work, continuing to doing the work, living in a way that, that asks the question, how do I want to feel creating that relationship with yourself? That's what leads to that self-love, the self-like self-trust, which is so huge, having your own back. I love that you address desire and that you went forward in to your 80 year old self. When you did that, I Mm -hmm. felt that I felt myself there with what would I be so excited about at the, what are the things I know and what it made me realize is at, at that place in my life, it's the same desires I have now, Mm -hmm. but maybe a little more unapologetic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I did that exercise with a woman recently, Um, And we went to her 80 year old self. She's like, you know what? Like nowhere in there was my career a thing. And she, she's been so career driven and not that that's good, bad, right or wrong, but she was doing it at the sacrifice of better relationships with her spouse and children. Right. And so identifying like, oh, maybe career is still important, but I all, but I need to make room in that career for the relationships that I want to have now, because when I'm 80, it's those relationships that are still keeping me going. So nurturing those relationships now, not years from now. That's powerful clarity and like immediate alignment. Right. It just works so well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. So tell us a little bit about how it, what it looks like to work with you and how people can find more in-depth information about your self method, or maybe this has inspired them and they would love mm-hmm. to do this exercise with you. Yeah. Well, the exercise, I actually have a future self quiz on my website, which I'm sure will be in the, the show notes. It's jenvertinen.com. And it's a quick 45 second, slightly not safe for work, BuzzFeed style quiz where you, you get put into one of four old lady personalities. So it's just, you know, it's meant to be fun and lighthearted at that point. But what you get after the quiz is a guided, a non-woo guided visualization and a PDF full of all sorts of ways, prompts, exercises to tap into that 80-year-old self. And Because I've actually created a relationship with mine. And I check in with her from time to time, like, hey, how am I doing? Where do I need to pivot and course correct? Uh, She recently told me she wants more color in my wardrobe. So I bought a pair of uh, fuchsia doc martin boots and you know doc martin's like they'll be around 30 years from now so my 83 year old self is going to be wearing pink doc martin boots um so you can find it on my website uh you i work one-on-one with folks that's i have about a decade of experience doing that and i've i'm actually starting my first group program the current uh date is starting april 17th of 2023 and it's titled Project Love Your Damn Self, Reclaim Who the Hell You Are. And it's a 10-week guided journey. This first time around is going to be a beta, so it'll be at a greatly reduced cost and with some kind of bonus extras that won't be in there in the long term. But I'm so excited to bring that light to life. It just feels like it's the right time. Yeah, this sounds fun and light. Fun and light is a really great way to go really deep and make some Mm -hmm. transformation. And I've always said that we have to do this work with some fun because it's heavy and hard already. Yes. So I, I love your energy around all of this stuff and your perspective around it and making mm-hmm. it fun. And it also, you know, if you're talking to middle-aged women, 
And Mm -hmm. that's kind of a word that has some negative connotation, but I also, I also identify as that I I'm 46. Um, it's fun to be this age because you are less apologetic. You are a a time of your life where everything is just fun. And I feel like I'm coming into my own at 53, Yeah, you know, and it's just, and I'm like, I can't wait to see where I go. That's what I thought of when you said, let's tap into our 80 year old self. And I said, Mm -hmm. a little less apologetic, you know, a little more unapologetic. Yeah. Yeah. As sassy as you want to be, but you're also just so non-judgmental and it feels like mm-hmm. so much love at the same time yeah. and the the part of the unapologetic I went to was just now this is how I like it this is what I want yeah this is what I'm about you can yeah. you decide if you want to take it or leave it <laughs> but I think too you know for so many years I had this heartaching loneliness I was very isolated no one would have guessed so I felt a bit like a fraud right <clears throat> and the only way I found to make the changes stick for myself was to make the process feel good. And so I do infuse it with joy and desire because like you said, the hard, like you can't gloss over how hard doing the work is, but when you can make it feel good and orient yourself to joy and desire, it makes the process feel less like a a slog. Yeah. Which means you can set yourself up for success. Yeah. I think I want to, I want to talk about, um, it just keeps coming up in my little spirit mm-hmm. here. So we're going to talk about it. But you, earlier you mentioned just having this, um, you know, you're a white woman in the society. You had the right yep. upbringing, you know, on paper, according to paper, you had your parents, um, mm-hmm. you have these rights and these privileges, yet you're still talking about struggle. You had this mm-hmm. income, you have this income that gives you a lot of, um, a lot of means that some mm-hmm. people don't have. Freedom and means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I want, let's talk about that just yeah. from that perspective of um, pain and suffering, but also mm-hmm. having this, um, this place in society that gives you yeah. some entitlement. What's your Absolutely. I, I, I just finished a book. So I want to, I want to see what you have to say about that. And then I'll talk about the book that I read and Mm. I mean, I would say a few years ago, I really carried a lot of guilt over, you know, as conversations around race and equality, um, as we started having more and more of those conversations, I really felt guilt. And that, you know, that was pretty selfish to feel guilty over something I absolutely could not control. um, Because what it did is prevented me from getting out there and helping to do the work around systemic racism, oppression, what have you. Um, so I, I no longer feel guilty for what I can't control. I can't control the color of my skin. I can't control that I grew up in a very middle-class upbringing. I can't control that I chose a career that had, that pays well. Um, I mean, I could control that, but you know, I, that this is where I am today. But what I can do, like I said, is I can support, um, I can listen and learn from voices of those who don't look like me. And that can be color. It can be, um, you know, less able-bodied, what have you. And so that's what I do is I listen and learn and I help, I try to help support and uplift 
those voices as best as I can. I'm still learning. It's, you know, there, there's a lot to untangle there. And I think it's going to take us years. And I'm just glad that we're having the conversations and we're expecting, um, especially white women to do better. Yeah. I love that. We're expecting white women to do better because we, I mean, really we hold a lot of power and absolutely. So what positive can we do with, Mm -hmm. with this entitlement? I just did a healing session with a gal the other day and she's not a white woman. She's from India, but she was raised in a, you know, in a Mm -hmm. family of wealth, but so many of her peers uh, had a lot of financial struggle and Mm -hmm. she felt shame about that growing up. And so she has created struggle in her adult life as a healer with all these beliefs and fear of showing up with this entitlement that she has, which was money. And Mm -hmm. so we did this, this healing on it and just redefined what she can do with her position. Why did the universe give her this position that she was born into and how Mm -hmm. she can use it for the better. And she's allowed to have it because she has the desire to help and to do mm-hmm. good in life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said as women, women have a desire to help mm-hmm. as women who have overcome our own struggles. And I do believe that there's pain and suffering no matter where you're born into. Absolutely. But what we do with that. And we had talked earlier about the pos- the toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And I just read this book, this biography, and it's called Pressure. From FBI Fugitive to Freedom. Hmm. And the author Malik Wade was talking about his, his entire journey. And he really danced well with the whole concept of victim to predator. Hmm. And throughout the book, it's, it's literally a woven dance to the end, taking full and complete responsibility for it. But there, in order to be a predator, there was a point in time when you're a victim. Mm. right and and that's an extreme case from where we're sitting our pain is more mindset related you know some Mm -hmm. abuse and some things like that but we had a lot of tools that some people don't have we had certain things stacked in our favor um but I think I've had that um I always address entitlement with my clients right one of the first things we all look at is entitlement because if we can look at the entitlement, it, it takes away the greed and it puts us in a place of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that's where really deep healing can come from. And it can bring us back to love. But I'm going to let you mm-hmm. I just love that. your piece. In that I way. love that. <clears throat> yeah. You touched on, you know, many of us women, we want to be helpers and, you know, I also need to make an income. So I've been thinking about how do I make my coaching more accessible? And just this month, March of 2023, I'm starting monthly, free monthly Zoom calls. Um, we'll, we'll talk about a topic. It's bringing like minded women together from all walks of life. Like they're, you know, it, it's my, my role will be to facilitate the conversation and hold a really, really safe container for those conversations to take place. But that's a way for me to, to be more accessible. Um, you know, not that everyone wants to come and hang out with me. I'm not saying that, but for those who do, who literally cannot afford it, who literally, you know, it's between food or paying their gas and and working with me. Like I want to be there for those women. Yeah. I love that. And the other thing is I know you're writing your book mm-hmm. and 
that is a way to give back and make it accessible for anybody. Else. Absolutely. Not just Absolutely. Me, that's a powerful way to get information that we are privileged to have because to be mm -hmm. able to, you know, you've seen the um, hierarchy of needs chart. Yep. Yep. And the very bottom of that is survival, mm -hmm. fear, just, you know, having a roof over your head or food to eat. And if you're in that bottom tier, there's no way that you can be up here reaching and educating yourself at this highest level. Um, mm -hmm. Now I know that there's exceptions to the rule that some people put themselves in that lack and everything so that they can reach entitlement or not entitlement um highest level transformation. Uh, yep. Yep. However, the average person, the normal person that's in survival, if you're born into poverty and missing parents, mm -hmm. and you're in an environment of chaos and struggle and danger, you're not going to be naturally inclined to, oh, let's just be in this happy place and highest level let's transformation. Think about desire. <laughs> right? So there is some entitlement in. in Absolutely. And that whole concept, but giving access from a place mm -hmm. of a book where books can be free at libraries and yeah. things like that. But yeah. you were about to say something. No, I was going to say that entitlement piece. Um, I, you know, again, I used to feel a lot of guilt for that. And that was me centering me. And that's not an uncommon thing for, for people who don't ha have the lived experiences of others. We tend to center ourselves, And like I said, I actually think that's quite selfish because we're focusing inward and not what we, what we can learn and do outward. And so accessibility is very much a core value of mine, but I also have to, you know, sometimes charge, have a business transaction to, to provide that one-on-one, -on -one, one access. So I've really, I've done a lot of work to not feel guilty about it, but to instead use that, that same mental energy just to think, how can I continue to be accessible for folks that would love to um, work with me? Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, in the future, I plan scholarships. I'd love to set up a, a network of women who will mentor other women for free. Um, so almost a nonprofit, if you will, but that's, that's far down in the future. I have, I have some other work to do first. Well, I, I love what you're saying in the, and you talk about going inward and this, this part of the conversations brings this whole, this whole thing mm. circle because entitlement if there's a woman that has the means to pay for something like coaching, which is mm -hmm. something that it's not, you know, it's something that we get to do. It's not for everybody. It's expensive. Right. Hiring a yep. personal coach is expensive. It's an elite thing. Um, yep. So if somebody can afford that, if they're at a place in their life where they can pay, they should pay because yeah. the universal law of reciprocity prevents that complete transaction of abundance to completely happen if the give and receive is not equal. Mm -hmm. But if you're dealing with somebody who cannot afford it, it is not in their means or their ability, but it would help mm -hmm. them. Then that's where the entitlement, um, you know, we can set that aside and do what mm -hmm. we're supposed to do as a good person and provide it for the people that cannot. And that's where we get to right. unite and come together. And I've, yeah. there's been different things that I've done throughout. I did a coaching program for, um, women in prison mm. where I got to do oh, that's amazing. life coaching. It's called house of healing. And oh, I, I, I did that. it to be able to coach women and it, 
it wasn't as accessible to the women in those yep. prisons. Um, so I got partnered with a man and did it that way. But my desire was the women. It just wasn't as accessible, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yep. But yeah. going inward that you talked about can be greedy. And you said selfish was the word you said. Selfish. selfish. Mm-hmm. That's bringing it full circle back to what we were talking about in the beginning. I'm attracting this. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. That toxic positivity. We're mm-hmm. looking at that. That's kind of, if you really think about it on a deep level, that it's almost like a re-victimization from entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to formulate if I have any any thoughts on that. And um, like I said, I'm still doing my own work to und- untangle my own biasi- biases, my own entitlement, not feeling guilty for it, but thinking how can I use it for, for positive? Yeah. Um, I used to... You know, I got pregnant at 19 and even though my parents were awful parents, they supported me through teenage pregnancy, um, getting married at a very young age, being in college. Like I, they gave me so much support. I can't imagine the the moms that don't have that support and still have to raise their children, et cetera. And so for a while I was mentoring single moms and I, I let for free, right. I just, I, I partnered with an organization. I love doing that. And so I think finding ways to, again, if you're listening in and you're like, Ooh, I might, I might be a little guilty of, 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 you know, feeling guilty for my entitlement. What can I go do outward to help someone else? Cause I, it feels so good, right? It feels so good. It's getting out of your head and into action and helping others. Yeah, I love that. Get out of your head and get into action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm all of, that's the project manager side of me is like get into action because it's through action that we learn. We don't learn by thinking. Well, and we also manifest from action. We tap into mm-hmm. action. Our business thrives with action. Yes. We help the universe yes. with action. We help other people with action. Action is important. Yeah. And in my book, yeah. I have a book called Goals with Soul, The Feminine Art of Manifesting. And I talk about that. Mm-hmm. Without action, you can't create momentum. And without momentum, you're not going to get anywhere. No. The no. law of attraction I- is you're going to attract that energy back. So if you're in action and you're in motion, then the universe is going to reciprocate that. And yeah. that's going to happen. I find that many of my clients come to me. They have all sorts of self-awareness. Like they know where they're getting in their own way. They know what they want, but it's the action piece that is difficult for them. And I, you know, I get it. It's, it's putting yourself out there. It's doing something that feels uncomfortable and your body's, your nervous system is there to keep you feeling safe. Right. Um, So supporting people through taking those actions. And once, once you start getting that feedback wheel in motion, it's just magic happens. Like you said, the universe conspires to work with you. Yeah. The universe conspires to work with you. That's a good quote. <laughs> well, I loved this episode. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was wonderful. Sometimes certain episodes just light you up and you get to talk about some fun things. And and so this is a this was a great one. So thank you so much. Thank you. And we will see you on the next one.